good morning, everybody. As you can tell, I got a little bit of a cold, so uh, we really got it together, baby. We really, really got it together. Psalm 119, Jesus is my first, my last, and my everything. I'm Pastor Barry White, filling in for Pastor Joe Davis today. Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> um, before we get started, I just want to say um, next week we're celebrating one year, but technically speaking, today is our 53rd week. And uh, I'll, say, I'll say more about this next week, but I'm overwhelmed with gratitude and humility uh, with the group of people that God has brought together to make up this church family. It's pretty, pretty astounding, the diversity um, the commitment, uh, the talent, um, and then I hear this band. I mean, I, we're blessed to have a worship team like that, too. So We'll say more about it next week, but there's so many ministries going on that people are running that, that I don't really have anything to do with, and that's probably why they're going good. Um, but, but we're going to continue with our series, week 15, on Psalm 119. It's the Hebrew word, samak. Uh, I've entitled this message, Shields Up. Uh, Shields Up, you can see in the top corner there a picture of the Enterprise. I love the Enterprise. When I was a kid, I loved Star Trek. More about that later, but let's, uh, let's read the passage today. Here's what the psalmist says. And by the way, just to remind you about the brilliance of how Psalm 119 is set up. Each stanza has as its first verse or two the chorus that is to be repeated after every verse in it. And the first verse or two of each eight verse stanza really contains the subject and the content of what the rest of the song in this album of 22 songs is about and it's no exception today he says I hate the double minded but I love your law you are my hiding place and my shield I hope in your word depart from me you evil doers that I may keep the commandments of my God uphold me according to your promise that I may live and let me not be put to shame in my hope. Hold me up that I may be safe and have regard for your statutes continually. You spurn all who go astray from your statutes, for their cunning is in vain. All the wicked of the earth you discard like dross. Therefore, I love your testimonies. My flesh trembles for fear of you, and I am afraid of your judgments. Have a couple of clicks. Damn peculiar. Yellow alert. Energized defense fields. I'm getting a voice message. They say their chamber's coil is overloading their comm system. Spock. Scanning. Their coil emissions are normal. They still haven't raised their shields. Raise ours. Their shields are going up. Lock phasers on target. Locking phasers on target. They're locking phasers. Ray shields. Fire!
Class M planet. Massive subterranean development, but limited to known life forms on the surface. Proximity alert, sir. We have an unknown ship heading right for us. Tell it to Hora Helder. Yes, Captain. No response. I am picking up some kind of signal. They're jamming us. Magnify, Mr. Sulu. What is this? Shields up! Ready! <laughs> Let me tell you, when I was a kid, I loved Star Trek, the original series. I would watch it like it was happening in real time. I was a young kid, you know, and I would get mad when Kirk wouldn't put his shields up in time. I'd go, come on, and I'd be yelling, and my, my mom would say, Joey, what's wrong? You're not allowed to call me Joey. Joey, what's wrong? And I'd say, Kirk didn't put the shields up. And she would laugh, and, but I loved it, right? And the shields have always been my favorite part of Star Trek. I love the fact that no matter where they are in the universe, no matter what was going on, they had this special thing they could put up to protect them from the enemy, these shields. It was my favorite part of the whole Star Trek saga. And the fact of the matter is, there are dark times in our life and we can't avoid them. They are part of living in a fallen world that is waiting for redemption. And whether you realize it or not, church, you need a shield from the world, a place to go and hide. And the psalmist teaches that the only way to navigate this world system is by having a shelter and a shield. And that shield, frankly, is knowing the promises of hope and redemption we find in God's word. And a life of a general direction of obedience to its precepts. And this 15th song in the album of Psalm 119 is about shelter. It's about the shield that we need. So let's look at the historical part of this passage. David was an expert on shields. Here's some interesting numbers I came up with. Shield occurs 71 times in the Old Testament. Once in the New Testament. Get this one. Hiding place or shelter. The two words we saw in today's passage. 50 times in the Old Testament. None in the New Testament. Is that not fascinating? And I'll tell you why. David was very familiar with times of sadness and fear. From an angry Saul to the Philistines to his son Absalom who wanted to kill him. His own wickedness even. He knew how desperately he needed connection to God's word. To keep his mind sane when terrible things would come upon him. As a matter of fact, Psalm 3 is a psalm of David that he wrote when his son Absalom was trying to kill him. <clears throat> I'm just going to read it. Oh Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. But you, O oh Lord, are a shield about me. You're my glory, the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord and he answered me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept, and I awoke again, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves all around me. Arise, O Lord, save me, O God, 
For you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing on your people. So let's look at the words we're going to look at today. The first one is the word is the is the Hebrew word saif. It means conflicted, hesitant, or fearful. This is the word he says in verse one: the double-minded. I hate the double-minded. He's talking about people that are distracted, full of terror. People who have had their will distorted in a way that the world has sent them into despair and worry. And without God's word, they make us double-minded, these things in the world. Unstable. Without a shield, the world makes us grope in fear, in anger, resentment, bitterness, and judgment of others. The psalmist says that he hates what these things do to distract him from God's word. He recognizes that without God's word, there is no way these times won't make him an unstable mess. Matter of fact, in James 1, 5 through 8, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting for the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea. That person is a double-minded man, unstable. And what he does is he gives two ways that the word of God keeps him from being unstable, double-minded. Two ways the word of God protects him from the instability that the world creates in his life. Sather. Notice, by the way, how they rhyme in Hebrew. It's a place to hide carefully. That's the first way the word of God protects him. This is the idea of a dwelling place, a house. We need to rest. We need to get away from the attacks and just take a breath. Then there's another way. Magain, a shield, armor, also like the scaly hide of a crocodile. This is the idea of the word of God protecting you during a fight while being attacked in the midst of suffering. So there's two ways that the word of God keeps him from being unstable and distracted by fear as a shelter and a shield. So that's the historical part of what the psalmist is saying. Let's look at the theological. What the word of God can be a shelter and shield from. The first one is evil. Verse 115, he says, depart from me, you evildoers, that I may keep the commandments of my God. See, here's what it is. The word of God as a shield gives you the ability to see them coming and the courage to separate from those people who would bring you away. It's the ability to know that there is evil there, what the consequences could be, and to turn far from it. That's the first thing it gives us shelter and shield from. The next thing God's word gives us shelter and shield from is shame. He says in verse 16, 116, Uphold me according to your promise that I may live and let me not have my shame, or let, me, let not my hope be put to shame. What this does is it gives you an eye for eternity. It enables you to have courage and the hope to live as though that it is now. In other words, even in the midst of your failure, the word of God will shield you from shame because your hope of eternal redemption can be recognized and realized now. It's not just something you're waiting for. It's something you can trust in is going to happen. And because of that, we can be sheltered and shielded from the pain of shame, which can make you double-minded, can it not? 
the next thing that it protects us from is consequences. Verse 117, hold me up that I may be safe and have regard for your statutes continually. See, having the word of God as a shield and a shelter preserves you from many of the arrows and slings that would make you unsafe, cause you pain, bring consequences on your life, and make you unstable, double-minded, gripped with fear, resentment, bitterness, shame. So evil, shame, consequences, and the next one it protects us from, this is a big one, judgment. Verse 118 to 120. You spurn all who go astray from your statutes, for their cunning is vain. All the wicked of the earth discard you like dross, therefore I love your testimonies. My flesh trembles for fear of you, and I am afraid of your judgments. Now, church, I don't really talk about judgment too much. It's not because I don't believe it's real. It's just kind of scary. But it's part of what the shelter and shield of God's word is for in the first place. I mean, what is the point of redemption and forgiveness if it doesn't protect you from judgment? So to illustrate this, Daryl helped me with this this week. I didn't know about this, but there was a story about this place uh, called um, El Capitan. It's, uh, it's in Yosemite. It's one of the, the most, most world-famous rock climbing places. It's a one-mile-high cliff with a sheer drop, as you can see. And there was news this week. Witnesses saw a slab of granite, and that's it right there, the size of an apartment complex. You see that guy? Is he nuts or what? He is whacked out, dude. Witnesses saw that slab fall and kill people this week. You know what the book of Revelation says about judgment? It says the wicked cry out for the mountains to fall on them rather than face the judgment of God. See, they would rather be crushed and killed than face God as judge. See, when you trust God's promises to you, you are sheltered from the righteous judgments of God. You don't have to be fearful of what judgment could do to you because you understand by the gift of faith and redemption, you have been saved from that judgment. Now, of course, you're not really concerned with God's judgment unless he has enlightened you first to give you the gift of faith. And the message of God's grace and God's word shields us and hides us by the hand of God and his word and the righteous work of his son on the cross. Enlightened fear of God's judgment motivates us to remain shielded and sheltered by the word of God's concepts. Philippians 2.12 is a great verse. It says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That verse doesn't mean you earn your salvation. What that verse means is because your salvation is real, it will result in someone who understands the judgment of God and is thankful that you have been given an escape from it. And I think about that picture in Revelation of people wanting the rocks to crush them instead of facing God as judgment. 
I am so thankful that the word of God through the gift of faith and the gospel shelters and shields me from that. Aren't you? I mean, can you imagine what it would be like one day if you met God and he was your judge and not your father? That's scary, isn't it? So let's look at the devotional part of this passage. I want to talk about how to use your shield. A relationship with God's word is the only shield or shelter that will work. Unfortunately, though, many Christians, believers, turn to other things. They turn to relationships. They turn to jobs. They turn to money. And anything like that is just like a little child that pulls the sheets over his head to protect him from the monsters. It does nothing. If you want a true hiding place that is fail-proof, it's the truth of the word of God to get protection from evil, from shame, from consequences and judgment. So how? How do we use this? Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. To get the most out of your shelter and your shield, church, you must be very familiar with it. It doesn't do any good to have a shield and go into battle and have never picked it up and see how to put it on. It's pointless. There needs to be a systematic, extensive, disciplined approach to being exposed to God's word so you know how the shield works. It can be listening to sermons. It can be being discipled by another person. It can be studying it independently, listening to music that is based upon scripture. But constant exposure to the shelter and the shield begins the process of allowing every word to be proven true. This goes back to one of our very first lessons in Psalm 119. Remember that? Confirm your word to me. Make it real. Here's what I can tell you. If you can't point to consistent exposure to God's word, you are not sheltered and you are not shielded. That's it. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Now let's talk about when you use it. Ephesians 6.16 says this, In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Isn't that a great verse? See, the enemy wants to lure us out of our shelter. He wants to get us out from behind our shield. That is the obedience and love for God's word. It is then that he can deceive us. If we stay behind the word of God and are obedient to it, then we are wiser than our enemies. That's what the psalmist said today, is it not? When a believer is failing or a believer has failed, it is more than likely that they are not in the shelter of obedience to the word of God. It doesn't mean that difficult times aren't coming. There are fiery darts from the evil one. But what has happened is you've come from behind your shield to deal with it yourself. You know, it's funny. Most of the time, we don't even realize when it is that we need our shield or our hiding place. So it's best just to keep it up all the time. I would get so mad at Kirk. Kirk, put the shields up. What are you doing? It's Klingons. They're bad dudes. No, we don't want to put the shields up. We don't want to get them upset. Put the shields up. They want to kill you. The same is true with the world. 
So let's look at the last part of how to use the shield. It's the results. I love this part. The powerful weapons of the world cannot be used successfully against your shield and your shelter. Isaiah 54, 17. <clears throat> no weapon that is fashioned against you south shall succeed. And you shall refute, refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and the vindication from me, declares the Lord. I love the fact that the word of God promises if you use me as a shelter and use me as a shield, whether you're resting or fighting, right? The shelter is when you're resting. The shield is when you're fighting. If you'll use the word of God as a shelter and a shield, there is nothing the enemy can do to destroy your hope. Your hope will not be put to shame. You'll be able to escape evil and shame and judgment and consequences. And I love what the psalmist says that David says in Psalm 28, 7 and 8. By the way, remember I told you 50 times or 71 times in the Old Testament. This is one of them. The Lord is my strength and my shield. By the way, you see the word shield? Same Hebrew word. As in Psalm 119, down there, saving refuge, same Hebrew word about shelter, shield, shelter. He does this all over the place. He said, it's a shelter and it's a fighting shield. The Lord is my strength and my shield in him. My heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exalts. And with my song, I give thanks to him. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the shelter, the saving refuge of his anointed. The word anointed means chosen. Church, we need to keep our shields up at all times. Don't take them down. Don't come out from behind it. Don't think, you know what? I spent enough time exposed to God's word this week. I can take a break. You can change how you're exposed to it, but don't ever take a break. Maybe one week you've studied a lot. Maybe next week you're going to listen to music a lot. But whatever it is, you have to be exposed to the concepts on God's word. And how do we do this? Does that look familiar? <laughs> Remember I talked about that? The day that I ate Briar's ice cream all day at my mom's house on July 4th weekend? The way that you make sure your shields are up is by eating all day. The word of God, all day. I did an experiment with our deep end group last week. Because I was trying to redefine what meditation is. Because that's what we're talking about, is meditation how to keep your shields up. And I asked them to just do it, take a day and just do a little survey of how many times you either read the word of God, think about the word of God, think about God, or think about a principle in God's word. And like three people said, you know, by noon it was like 37. That was awesome. You know what else it is? Supernatural. People without the gift of faith don't do that. So the good news is, the effect of the shelter is a direct result of the gift of faith. Church, it's important for you. I'm telling you as your pastor that you keep your shields up. I do want to extend another invite to make sure all of you are here next week. 
you're in big trouble if you aren't. For our one-year anniversary celebration, we have some breakfast. We have some special testimonies from people in our church. We have a special worship time. Come and celebrate with us. It's crazy we've been here a year, isn't it? It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I can't believe... I can't believe you guys keep showing up. I don't get it, but whatever. I'm glad you do. 